Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, we have Ray Lyon. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. And me, Brianna Larimer. We work at Missouri Training Institute. Thinking about the folks that we typically get called to train, I've seen a theme. It's normally frontline people or we have like leadership development. So folks who are already at the top, maybe we have supervisors who just became new supervisors of frontline employees. Mm -hmm. But there's this group that sits right in the middle between those supervisors and the leadership team. And they're called managers <laughs> and maybe right. they're managers of managers uh, or managers of supervisors, but they're managers. Right. And it doesn't seem like we do a lot of training with that particular group. Yeah. So as I was studying this a little bit, I realized there's a lot of other places that are suggesting this as well, that we have not spent a lot of time focusing on our managers, but managers need leadership development too. <laughs> so let me ask you, in that experience, I mean, you've been doing this for 15 years now. Are you seeing that as well? Yes. And, you know, part of it has to do with how we title and classify jobs, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and even I, I know there's, you know, this this legal reason why this is classified as, you know, management or leadership or, you know, it, some certain level of administration or, you know, well, we've got team leads. We don't pay them like supervisors, but we expect them to do everything like supervisors and hold them responsible, but then give them no power, you know, so it's, it's, it's a titling issue as well. Um, but yes, I would say there's kind of that space in the middle um, where they're kind of caught between no man's land. They're beyond the supervisory stuff, but yet, they're not titled leader, so they don't feel like they can go into a leadership class. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so in your mind, you know, as we think about that, and there's this, this big debate still of this, right? Are managers different from leaders? Okay. And I, I think that's an interesting debate sometimes. It is. And I, I, I'm going to, for me, the answer is no. Managers are leaders. You are a leader. What is different is management. Mm. Management mm-hmm. encompasses leading people. But when you study management, you're studying how to control processes. You're studying how to organize your, your company, your people. You're studying how to set plans Right. So it, it's more function based. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is management is four of those things. Right. Leading people being one of them. Um, however, managers. Right. Get lumped in with management. Mm-hmm. And so then it's then it gets the focus that managers are task task focused. Yeah. Well, unless they're doing all of it themselves. Otherwise, they're probably trying to get others to do work through, right? Get work done through others. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the, the labeling, management, managers, it's things. 
Yeah, I will say, and that was interesting to me when I started at MTI, I didn't recognize it before I began here that there was even a difference as we started those titles, right? With supervisors, managers, leaders, um, but you're right, there are, are task differences, you know, that typically go with that. And, you know, a lot of times the perception is that Leaders are kind of the big picture thinkers, those visionaries, the stewards of the strategy, Uh, whereas our managers are really the ones that are, as you said, executing that leadership, getting the things done task oriented. Um, But these folks eventually will be in that. I mean, if they're not titled a leadership title already, they will eventually be in that leadership role as a title. But I do like that you said, absolutely, we are all leaders in our own way. So let me ask you this, as we consider what's happened over the last couple of years, as we consider this unprecedented pace, um, the change that's happened in business as we know it, things are a lot more agile, more dynamic. How do you see that specifically affecting the manager's role? Uh, Well, you certainly can't entrench yourself in one belief system. Hmm. So when I say that, I mean, you have to have your head up enough to be able to transition, be able to onboard new thinking, be able to, you know, take feedback in order to shift or pivot. You can't buy into one one way of doing things because Mm. the world of work just moves too fast. It just moves too fast. And so when we consider again, and I'm thinking back to just when we, you know, obviously 2020 hit, March of 2020 hit, we're all going and working remotely. We're all learning and transitioning and trying to figure out how do we adjust to this new um, normal, I guess, if you will. And now here we are two years later, we have a little bit of a, you know, we, we figured it out. We're feeling a little bit better, I think, moving forward, although Gallup's state of the global workforce report says there's still some things we should be emphasizing a little bit more than others. But why is it important? I guess the big question, why is it important for managers to have these opportunities for development, knowing what we know now through everything we've been through over the last couple of years? Well, I think one of the reasons is something you just stated is that that seems like the next progression. Mm. Um, And so, you know, we come into an organization and we do the work. Then we do that well enough that we move into a role that, you know, supervises or leads the work of others, right? Um, And then as we acquire those competencies and that that skill, the technical skills, as well as the interpersonal skills. And, and, you know, it just seems like a natural thing that, you know, we would move into that either within our own companies, or even if we have to go outside of our companies to seek that growth and development. Um, And right now, because people have not spent the time Mm. they need in some of these naturally developing areas, Um, Now they're being shoved into these roles where they're floundering Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's becoming kind of this negative spiral Mm. where I can't 
I can't do my job, so I don't feel like I can do my job. And the less confidence I have in myself, the less willing I am to try new things, um, the less easy it is for me to take feedback because it's negative and I'm already beating myself up, you know, and I just, it's just this spiral downward. And that right now, as you mentioned, is a lot of the phone calls that we're getting. Like we have 32 new supervisors who were just put in these positions. Mm-hmm. None of them applied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? None of them applied. They just said, okay, you've been here long enough. We need you. And they just, they just look, raised them on the, on the org chart. Um, yeah. And some might be absolutely ready for that. And some, you know, get up in their head and then, you know, they're like, I don't have the skills. Mm-hmm. And their organizations are realizing that. Yeah, that that whole voluntold thing is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it can be intense sometimes. It can yeah. be intense sometimes. You want to lose buy-in? Tell somebody how yes. to do it. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yep. Tell somebody get in that job and make it work. Wow. So let's talk. I want to shift gears a little bit. You know, you have been in management positions for many, many, many years now. Um, I consider you in, you know, again, we're all leaders, but I, you have the title of a leadership position now. Um, but I want to go back to some of those spaces. And when, when you were a manager, whether it was in a past career or still working here, um, but what were some professional development opportunities that you had along the way that really kind of set you up for success as the leader that you are today? Um, you know, it's interesting because I was one, am one. Um, and I, I would seek out just about anything and everything. Hmm. Um, so if I heard about, you know, when I was in banking and, and bankers always have classes and, and things like that, I would sign up, you know, I just took advantage of everything. Sometimes I'd get in there and it would be, I wouldn't have a frame of reference for the information. So it was really like, oh, I, you know, I don't belong here kind of thing. However, you know, you immerse yourself and then you go back to your job and you're like, wait a minute, you know, my consciousness was raised, my awareness was raised. So now I'm starting to see things that they were talking about that previously I didn't have a frame of reference for. Mm -hmm. So my experience was, take advantage of it yourself. You know, if, if there wasn't anything available, peer groups, you know, so we had a group of, uh, I remember all of us were facility managers um, at our bank and we created kind of a peer learning group mm. and we spent Thursday mornings together and just sharing experiences and learning from one another and challenging each other to try new things um, and then report back, you know, is that something else we want to do? So sometimes part of it is making the opportunity for yourself if it's not there, but then the other one is taking advantage of all that is there. Sure. And not I being know, asked, not, not wait to be asked to attend. That proactivity versus reactivity. Yes. You yeah. know, and I've heard you talk about on, on past episodes, uh, a lot about how kind of the mentoring process oh, really yeah. helped you along the way too. And, and you've mentioned mentoring like as an actual mentor, but also just people who you watched from afar. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is key. And, you know, even if it's not a, a formal program, there's nothing that's preventing you from either asking, you know, hey, would you mind, you know, being my mentor? Um, of course, you need to 
lay out your expectations of what that yeah. means for that person, you know, and, and maybe it's, it's because I'm trying to increase my public speaking skills and you're really good at it. Um, you know, so it's going to be a, a, a focused and, and it has a start and an end date kind of thing. Um, and then the others, you're right. I just kind of, you know, Googled from afar. And I like, <laughs> ah, I like how she did that, you know, or I would also go, Ooh, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they were a mentor in another way. Yeah. Right? Um, really making sure I didn't carry that tool forward. Yeah. Intentionally keeping it out of my tool belt. Yeah. Yeah. We can certainly learn a lot from um, just pure observation, you know, and I, I, I've spoken a lot with with clients recently about that and this idea that it seems like as as adults, we we don't just uh, bliss in the idea of observing, you know, people around us. We're so set in what we're doing and if we're getting it done and our to do list and everything else, you know, and having a almost two year old now, I sit and I think about like I never had to go up to him and and say, oh, honey, this is a dog, dog, woof, woof, you know, like he he just observed mommy and daddy talking about the dog or he read it in a book. And we don't do that anymore as um, just as, as adults, we've got to be able to step back because it can be so beneficial to your career, just sitting and watching the people who are doing things right. Or the people who maybe could use some improvement. (laughs) Yeah, You know, I, I, I'm going to put this out there. A lot of times it's our ego. Mm. Mm-hmm. Our, our ego gets in the way, or maybe, you know, if you're, if you're a Freudian, you know, your super ego um, gets in the way because the ego kind of negotiates uh, between the super ego and id, but that we, we get comfortable with mm-hmm. our knowledge. We get comfortable with the way we're doing it because after all, I'm in the position, aren't I, you know, mm-hmm. and so we kind of settle in and, and it is comforting to go, whew, you know, I've spent 45 years in this industry and I'm finally here and I want to just kind of sit back, relax, be comfortable in what I know. And so then our ego kind of takes over and we don't open ourselves up. We aren't curious anymore. And I think that comes with age and stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a natural thing to be. And I, I hear myself saying, I don't want to learn that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just, I mean, whenever my grandkids will say, I'm like, oh, I, I'm so thankful I don't have to learn, that. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, you, you have to reconcile with your ego. Yeah. You know, what what position, you know, do I want my ego to play in all of this? You know, um, do I want them to that to be keeping me from doing something or, you know, maybe just over in the passenger seat and, and be that impetus to keep doing something? Mm-hmm. Great point. Thanks for sharing that too, Ray. I think that that is really important. Something that kind of hits, hits hard, I'm sure for a lot of our listeners out here, it's that kind of gut check moment of checking in and saying, where am I at with that? Um, and is it preventing me from, from pushing myself into some of these um, learning situations. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. And I want to just ask, okay, so now as we think about that, and we've talked about the, um, the idea that, that you can go out, seek these opportunities yourself, if they're not directly there presented for you, um, when we consider professional development, uh, but are there certain competencies that have been uh, more critical, I guess, for you in this area of leadership than others, things that we should be a little bit more focused on as managers? Well, obviously the first thing that comes to mind um, is relationships. Mm. 
And you might have gotten into the job, and you alluded to this, because of your competency as a, a technical, you know, uh, you knew how to do the process well, and you were efficient as well as effective. And so, being now you're going to lead people who are doing the process. Um, and that's sometimes then we rely too much on our technical skill to um, give us that uh, influence as a leader. Um, and we we fail then to back up and make sure the relationship can sustain your screw ups, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because as a as new to anything or struggling in anything, you're going to mess up. I just messed up this week. Huge, um, huge. And I'm hoping, right, that the relationship it can sustain that huge screw up. And so I think it's really important to me. That's the first thing is to what, what are your relationships with the people you're now leading or managing? What do they Mm -hmm. look like? Mm -hmm. And focus, focus, focus on building those. And certainly even probably building those before. And I think I I think of Covey, you guys have taught me so well here. I think of Covey and I go back to that whole emotional bank account and those withdrawals and the deposits. So certainly making all of those deposits into that relationship before you got to make that withdrawal. Yeah. And, you know, again, sometimes, you know, today you're, you know, frontline worker tomorrow, you're now the supervisor of the frontline workers. I mean, some of these things have really happened just like that. And guess what? They didn't even ask for it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're just, you know, highest man on the, on the skill set totem pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now they're, they're shoved into this position. And so you, you've really got to evaluate, as you said, you know, what's my balance um, mm-hmm. with these people. And don't don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Are there other competencies as we think about that? The relationships area, obviously, starting first and foremost, um, you know, where else should we spend some time focusing? Well, you know, I think all of it. I mean, we we could make a little laundry list. We could. Um, And one of the things that I always hesitate to do is tell people, you know, what the six competencies of leadership should be. And in order to be a good leader, this is what you need to look like. Um, I I really backed off that because how we define leadership um, is very individual. Mm. You know, so I think probably really understanding yourself, your style, your tendencies, being very transparent and self-aware and just really focusing on your own emotional intelligence can be a great way to present yourself when you're trying out this role of getting work done through others. Mm-hmm. So I have two questions. One, I'm going to bounce off of what you just said. Um, you said, you know, it's how you define leadership. So on a personal note here, how do you define leadership, Ray? The ability to influence others. And what is your, as you think about that? And kind of your your time being able to do that through many years now in management and leadership. And what's your favorite part? What's your favorite part about being a leader? Oh, watching other people blossom. Oh, my gosh. When they walk into their power and and realize it for the first time, like that is that is amazing to me. Because as you know, I already believe it about my people. I already, I see it every day. I hear it, you know, at different levels, right? But wow, when they finally step into their power and you've heard me say, you know, plant that stake, ah, 
I just, I love that part. And would you say that's what keeps you going? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I mean, potential is, is infinite. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, it just keeps going and going and going, you know, and everybody's different. And I think that's what I love and everybody, you know, you've got to value them for their individuality, their own strengths. And, you know, it's just, that's how they're going to approach a situation. You might still achieve the same six widgets, um, but just watching people figure themselves out um, and how they best work in order to achieve that. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I got it, you know, kind of going back to a lot of what we've said here today, when you discuss seeking out opportunities and sometimes ego getting in the way or sometimes age and stage, as, you, as you've mentioned, I want to just bring up a major kudos to you, um, because I know with where you're at in your leadership now, um, you just took on a massive undertaking uh, and hopefully maybe yeah. f- finishing out here soon and, and getting certified as an executive coach. Yeah. So when I hear you say you're loving that uh, that opportunity to watch people blossom. I mean, what better way to transition into that then? But it's certainly been an undertaking for you. Yes, yes. This has been an extremely rigorous program. And I'm really glad I I, I decided on, on this program. And uh, so getting my certification and my credentials from the ICF in coaching yeah, it's like getting a master's degree. <laughs> um, you you see my calendar. I do. And I do. All of the uh, yeah immersion. Yeah, but I love it. And I, I think it, it. it is absolutely right up your alley. For the record, just just knowing you and knowing how you the way you have supervised me over the last three and a half years. Um, I mean, it's incredible and what you can bring out in people. So I'm so glad to see you um, you. be able to pursue that as well. So, you know, we hear a lot and I'm curious about this too. And I've, I've heard your take on it, obviously in trainings before, but let's talk to our listeners a little bit about how do I influence up here? I am sitting here in this management level, you know, maybe I want to influence up to consider some dollars and, you know, being invested into my professional development, or I need to influence up to get my leader to stop, you know, throwing all this new stuff at my team. What would you say to that? What what is your response typically when you hear that question? How do I influence my boss? Well, I mean, when we think about influence, influence to me defined by somebody's willingness to pick up your cause and move it forward. And the word willingness in there um, is the key word, right? Because, you know, I, I, I can tell you as your boss, you need to go attend this meeting, right? You may or may not be willing, but you're going, right? Mm-hmm. Um But when somebody is willing, it's their idea. And so for me, that's what influence is. So I wanted to set that stage because for somebody to be willing to be influenced by you, you have to be somebody that they want to follow. So if I, you know, if all you do and I'm not mean you. I mean, you know, yeah, all gotcha. the, yeah sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't mean, you know, she knows <laughs> I don't mean her. But, you know, so if this person, you know, if if all they do is complain and, and criticize and, you know, 
condemn and blame and all of these kinds of things, then when it comes time to say, hey, I need this, then people are like, why would I listen to you? You know, um, all you do is complain and, and condemn and, and criticize. Yeah. And so I think, you know, really thinking about what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Why should I want to listen to you? Um, you know, if, if the tune doesn't change, then you're going to have a little ability to influence. The other thing I would say is what is the currency of exchange with the person you're trying to influence? Mm-hmm. You know, so you've really got to, you know, I might be exchanging in dollars and, and you're exchanging in rubles. That, that doesn't really go well. Either I'm going to get less or you're going to get less. Mm -hmm. Uh, depending on what the rate of exchange is. But so you really got to think about why would this person listen to me? And what about this is going to benefit them or, or change what keeps them up at night? What would be the benefit of them doing what I'm asking them to do and wanting them to be willing to do? I love it. Yeah. Being someone worth listening to and then absolutely knowing what's important to the other person and how to kind of speak that currency, as you said. That's great. You know, you can know everything. Mm-hmm. You can know absolutely everything about, you know, whatever product it is that you're trying to sell. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's it's expertise, but it's plus trust. Mm hmm. Right mm-hmm. there, there's, you know, when we start factoring in credibility, you know, that not only are you knowledgeable, um, but I also trust you. Right. And and then willingness over just authority can come into play. Yeah. Yeah. Great tips there. Um, and like so I I love I could I could sit and listen to you talk about these kinds of things because I learned, I've learned so much from you, Ray. I really have. And um, I want to give our listeners an opportunity to also obviously learn listening to this episode, but I want to transition because you actually have a professional development program getting ready to start next month um, that is specific to this group of people, this yeah. these managers who are looking for some more leadership development. Um, can you talk a little bit about that program? Absolutely. I know we're kind of running out of time, but I'll be brief. Um, obviously, you can find out more about it on our website. But just as you said, we, we identified that there was a gap in development um, for these kind of what we might term mid-level managers and those that are really wanting to move up or maybe even just sharpen their skills where they are, but they're currently in some type of of supervisory role. And so we developed a program called From Supervisor to Leader, Next Steps, basically. Mm -hmm. And so we're not going to focus on, you know, just kind of the supervisory 101 stuff we're going to get a little bit beyond that. So, you know, we offer the EQI 2.0. So the emotional intelligence assessment is part of that. So we do a lot of growing their own Mm -hmm. self-awareness because obviously that emotional intelligence is a huge factor in building relationships. And I think that's a continuous process. um, And that raising of their consciousness is so important in that. But we we go beyond the coaching and um, we learn a little bit more about how how to coach, how to coach coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, So not just coaching the employee, but, uh, you know, uh, let's go to the next level when we think about coaching. Um, we talk about creating sustainable behavioral changes. 
So we we talk about making that more than just a, you know, let's have a potluck, you know, mm-hmm. lunch today <laughs> or whatever, but really being able to tap into values. Yeah. Thoughts lead to actions, um, but those are based on beliefs. And so really thinking about where is my belief system when it comes to leading other people. So we, this, this space is for those individuals. So we, we do ask that they have at least, at least three years of supervisory experience, maybe even taken our supervisory certificate series Mm -hmm. plus three years. So really looking at that five to seven year, you know, somebody that's in there, that's really wanting to up their game. um, This is for them. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, more details on that is at our on our website, mti.missouri.edu. Um, and Ray, I just want to I want to thank you. You know, obviously, I, I get to talk to you nearly every day, but just having an opportunity to sit down and hear some of your experiences and obviously learn from you. Um, an incredible opportunity. So thank well, you. I'm honored. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. And uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap things up then. And I want to just encourage you, if you got comments, questions, again, you can leave them below in uh, below the, the description here or email us at mti at missouri.edu. And until next time, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.